The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. This is the Approaching the Natural podcast, my weekly show where I bring to you my thoughts and perspectives on living well in the modern world, being happier and healthier through my particular and unique brand of small stepping. If you're just joining me, please go back and listen to old episodes and get caught up. It's not a course, but you know it helps to get you know broader perspective and sort of see the evolution of, of my ideas and my approach and the guests that I bring on and all that kind of cool stuff. But if you don't want to, you can start here. It's fine. Sometimes I have this vision that, that, that just the same group of people have just been here the entire time. Just we're all growing old together. Just we're all just an old married couple doing the things that we all get up at 4.30 to make Malto meal and read the paper. If you're just joining me, uh, I don't have any excuses. What do I do here? Kind of what I just said and, and, and offer solutions. So for me, and this is I'm going to relate this to the book that I'm writing because I had a kind of an okay week uh, with regard to the book. And, and the book is um, a Healthy Families book. I think I've been kind of skirting around that issue in the, uh, YouTube cha- in the YouTube videos that I have been doing and, ke- and maintaining during the book writing. But, you know, of course, one a week. But thank you to those of you who have, uh, you know, subscribed and are, and are sending me nice comments and emails and stuff like that about that. Cool. So very, very cool. Um, but I've been skirting around the issue with that and just kind of talking about the process, which has been... Uh, definitely ups and downs. I would say seventy four point five percent down. Uh, but but little little bump this week, which is good. It's been a rough process. I don't know why. I, I kind of know why. I'm I'm you know it's a lot to take on. This is a huge thing. Last week's uh, two weeks ago episode extra credit. Like I'm doing on top of everything else that I'm doing. I'm doing this. It's not an excuse or I'm not complaining. But I certainly understand the struggle associated with writing a book on top of everything else I got going on. Uh, so, so that's where that is. However, back to kind of the the what I was getting at, which is this for me. This podcast is about the ideas so much, totally first, and also just so much more about the ideas. At the same time, I'm not here going to just wax philosophic and then leave you guys high and dry to sort of okay, well, good good luck making that stuff actually happen in your life. I, I you know, it doesn't do any good unless it's a there's a practical application of the things that I talk about here every week, uh, pretty much. And and so so rest assured, if you're just joining me, we, we get into the nitty-gritty of, of, of we being me, get into the nitty-gritty each week of, of how to make this happen and day-to-day. And that is the small steps part of this. So there's, there's the ideas and then there's the, uh, you know, implementation. The thing about it is the reason I'm bringing this up is because I did a few classes this week at the uh, Stanford Inn at the Wellness Center, and they're nutrition classes. Like people sign up for healthy living slash nutrition, like that's what they're signing up for, and and we have a great time and it's fun and 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 you know it's me I'm joking around. It's not like a you know and turn to page forty of your manual and 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 see subparagraph two on micronutrients and. But, you know, but at the same time, I spend a good amount in the beginning providing the context. I'm so, I, I've been doing this long enough that I see the, the, 
the ramifications of giving people nutrition facts only because it can freak people out. It can make them just think about that and nothing else and forget about why they are in the class in the first place. So my my big concern really is to make sure that I drive this point home and redrive this point home virtually every week, which is make sure you know what you're getting into before you make a change in any area. That goes for exercise, food, creativity, uh, family, work, anything, anything that you do, take a moment to just real remember why you're doing it because anything that you take on is going to be struggle and anything you take on is going to be extra work and it's going to be difficult and it's not going to be all lovely days ahead, sunny days ahead, you know what I'm saying? If you don't have a firm grasp of the why, if you don't have a firm grasp or a, or a firm a strong foundation from which you're acting, there's a pretty good chance it's going to blow up in your face. And that's how what that looks like in the healthy living world is gaining all the weight back or injuring yourself, you know, on a on a on a run. This this is about for me first and foremost. Not only, but first and foremost, setting the stage really driving a a system home to you guys to understand that you have to first take the time to establish the why for you, not for, I'm not telling you the why, I'm saying for you. And it may not be worth it for you to make the changes that you think you should, quote unquote, should make in your lives. It may not be worth it for you. And, and, And I want you to know that before you start, because I don't want you starting down some massive road of change and adjustment and, and just upset in you in your life and your family's life to just then eh, did not worth it and then and you're just a whole bit just blazed just a path of burnt ground behind you because that's that's what happens to most people is they just go bad out of hell and then it's just they can't keep it up and my opinion about that is for two things one is they probably took on too much and they didn't small step it in the way that I talk about and two didn't set down and say well really what am I doing here and 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 really can I picture what this looks like. Can I, can I, I want to get really about the logistics here. We, it's so easy for us to go, I'm going to go on a diet for 21 days, but it's never that enjoyable. It sounds fantastic. A training plan, the first part of any thing that you do, any embark, just the beginning process of a training plan or a diet, that's like the crush. That's the crush of the relationship. You're looking at somebody and you're like, there's the attraction and oh my God, and it's exciting. You hang up. No, you you hang. That's day two of the diet. No, you you hang up. Day seven, just hang up. I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. Day nine, I'm not even going to call. I'm not even going to pick up the freaking phone. And 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 so it, enjoy the crush, but, but maybe to be a little more adult about these processes to understand that there is a a long-term nature of true change that's not that's that that is not going to change. The long-term nature of true change isn't going to change. Well, let me put it this way. If some technology presents itself or some magical neuroscientist says, "Here's how you can do long-term change in tomorrow, in one day." Okay, okay. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for now, it's a long-term process. And when you can wrap your head around what that actually means to you, you have a greater chance of succeeding, which is why I always talk about struggle and I talk about the work and I'm talking about 
not selling you a bunch of crap about how this is the easiest thing and do it my way because it's so simple and the weight's just going to fall off. It doesn't fall. It falls off. It just takes a lot longer to fall off than it does in 21 days. But it ain't coming back. It falls off and and it's just bye. I don't ever want to see you again. I don't ever want to see you again. I never liked you. I never invited you. You just showed up when I wasn't looking. Well, now I'm looking and you're gone and goodbye. Here's a dollar. Go, go, go to the dollar store and just do something that's not in my house. That's, that's the conversation I have with weight. Okay. Okay. Mm. I, um, I'm drinking coffee right now, a cup of coffee. I'm also recording this podcast on a Saturday. I'm going away tomorrow for a, like a mini three, four day vacation to the snow. Uh, very excited about it. I, re- I really want to get out of here, and and we don't do a lot of trips, and so this is fun uh, that we can get away in this way. Very excited, but I wanted to get the podcast recorded so that I'm not doing it there with no Wi-Fi and stressing out about that. I want to relax, but I have something to admit at the same time, and this is a little bit painful for me to admit, but I made a decision today, which is that I'm going to bring my coffee maker with me on the trip. Do you know how hard it is for me to admit something like that? I'm going to pack my co- my entire coffee maker. If you've seen my YouTube videos, you know the one I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the espresso machine, and that's fantastic. But then I got to bring the grinder and the deck. Instead, I'm bringing my new coffee maker that I got for my birthday in December, which grinds and brews all in one. And I'm just packing the thing in the back of the minivan. I'm just putting it back there. Here's why. And I'm probably going to address this in the uh, in the YouTube video that I'm shooting right now also. I mean, not right now, but right now. Which is, there's not a rental house in the world that has a decent coffee maker. Sorry, I've done a study that's studied. It's For those of you who wonder if I do research, this is research-based. I've done a study. I've, I've checked out every rental property, every VRBO. And and I have found that that none of them have, uh, none ha- and none has good coffee makers. Got it? It sucks. So I'm bringing my own. I know that's crazy. And it's, look, if I'm going to be there in four days in snow, I want a good cup of coffee. Is that crazy? I don't think so. Yeah, it's a little crazy. But you know what? Whatever. We pack our underpants. That's as, that's as, that's a, as much of a necessity as a good cup of coffee to me. Okay. Interestingly, I will go days without wearing underwear, but I won't go days without coffee. So there's my, pri- there's my priorities. If you, you Okay. Um, wow. How are, we're 10 minutes in and just, uh, kind of, yeah, I'm flu. I'm, I'm, I'm on sky. I'm on cloud nine here, guys, having a great time floating above the ground. Um, thank you to everybody who has supported me and this podcast in a plethora. Hold on. Yeah. Just check the thesaurus, a plethora of ways, which is via the stuff you buy off my website that is approaching the natural related only, no nutritional stuff, but, you know, t-shirts and mugs and signed, custom signed books, of, uh, copies of my book, who've joined my mailing list, who have subscribed to my YouTube channel, who've rated my uh, book on Amazon or throw me a rating on iTunes, little gestures that mean a ton, and also, of course, donating to my podcast. Just got another one today. That's always like the just super cool too, just to get up and see a new rating came in or somebody donated to the podcast. Just is kind of like, I love it. So thank you. I always want to thank everybody each week on that. If you guys want to get deeper on food, go to healthmadesimple, nomeanathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. It's a thing that Matt Frazier, the No Mean Athlete, and I put together 
to, for pe people who want to dive deeper into food, if you're just joining me and you go, oh, he's a nutritionist, he talks about food every week, you're going to be sadly uh, uh, disappointed unless you don't care. But I don't talk about food every week. I, I, I skirt around the issue of food, but rarely do I get into like the nitty gritty of it. Not about food, diet. This is not that kind of podcast. Again, ideas podcast. But if you want to like a meal plan, kind of small stepping into the food realm, that that kicks ass. And we have a lot of members and it's a great community. We have live Q&As and videos and all sorts of cool recipes and five different plans and a bunch of crap like that. Got it? Dig? Okay. But SidGarzaHillman.com is how you get to me and do all this stuff. Sign up for my mailing list. Et cetera, et cetera. I will be in Marshall, Texas, March 31st to April 2nd. I got a few people coming uh, who've emailed me and said they're going to be there. One of them is one of my favorite people in the world, Linda Lang from New Jersey. She's freaking coming out to Marshall, Texas. Are you kidding me? I get to see him. And then I'll see her in New York. She's a bud. Linda Lang, L-A-Y-N-G. She wrote a book. She wrote a cookbook. Uh, try, and she's awesome. But that's kind of cool. And then a few other podcast listeners have said, hey, I'll see you in Marshall. Marshall, this little town in Texas. And just for some reason... The magic, it's like, a, it's like the Narnia of health fests. People just walk into their wardrobes, knock their head against the back of the wall, and just boom, there they are in Marshall, Texas. Otherwise, how the hell do they get there? I don't even know how I'm getting there. I think they're flying me to Shreveport, uh, Louisiana, and then I am taking some sort of automobile. I don't really know. I, gotta, I should be better at planning. I remember in last August, speaking at the Edinburgh Veg Fest, just getting on the airplane, off the airplane in Edinburgh, Scotland, and having nothing, no money, no plan, no directions, no nothing. Just uh, get into a cab and he's calling the person that has the thing and trying to find out where it is. I had no plans. I'll also be in Durham, North Carolina, August 26th and 27th and for the Triangle Veg Fest. Speaking of people emailing me, um, this there's a, a, a woman named Kathy. I'm not going to give her full name. She's Texan, by the way. She's good. She may be coming to Marshall, Texas. This is crazy. Just crazy. Everybody go to Marshall. The, the don't don't do that because the town can't fit more than four people. So this, that's a bad idea. But she's um, a small stepper. She's been small stepping and doing fantastic. But she's an artist, um, and and this was a new thing, like kind of a thing that she's brought back into her life via small steps, and has and sends me these absolutely gorgeous pieces of art. She does like she'll like uh, watercolor an envelope or a, a card, and she just puts them in the mail to me, and it's very cool. And she supports supports me, and and it's very cool. So um, I just wanted to kind of, it's just, I just noticed that the email. Here's why I think this is not like I'm fantastic. I just think that my approach is working because it's not just about food. I get emails about food, and that's great. But I also get emails about a whole bunch of different stuff, and that's how I know that I think I'm getting the point across at least to a good section of you guys, which is. This applies to everything. The small, my small steps approach applies to every, how you do the most mundane of things is cleaning out your house, decluttering your freaking house is, is, is possibly a small steps approach to that. If it's anything that is overwhelming to you in your life, any of the shoulds that you have, I should do, I should do this, I should do that. You apply to small steps to it. I don't care what it is. And that's what I want to get across. Of course, I'm a certified nutritionist. I'm a health coach. I'm a small steps coach. It's what I do. And most people that come to me to work with me on a private level, private basis, you know, do come to me for help. They don't come and say, I heard you're a really good coach about decluttering your house. But 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 a fair amount of my clients have applied during our work together uh, the small steps approach to that. And I think that that's very, very cool. And a lot of the emails I get are, are about crazy stuff that 
applies the nut the nutty nut nut small steps applying to just do that and I'm going right on you you got it you got it when you get this approach it's because you understand that this is a backdrop to everything that you do and that's pretty cool if you want to start in the food realm fine do, do that give it a shot I think it's great we all want to eat better and all that kind of stuff but know that it's in, it's everything and that's that's a pretty cool thing so anyway win-win I posted her, her photos on um Instagram if you want to check those out in one of my recent posts. And I've been having somebody help me with Instagram too, in case you guys are wondering like, what is that? Does he, did you? Yes, I'm in charge of all of it, but I just, I, I'm so overwhelmed with the book right now that social media is uh, is just, in fact, the video I'm working on right now is social media based. Cause I just, I just, I'm ha thinking a lot about that. Can I just put, can I just be vague? Mm. Anyway, I get to look at beautiful art that somebody created and it made them happy to do that. Are you kidding me? That makes the art better, right? Okay. Um, little update on the time-restricted eating that I'm doing. Uh, not an update, but I, I, I sort of, after the Wim Hof 10 weeks, and by 10 weeks, I mean 50, Bree's doing the, the Wim Hof thing. She's helping me with the uh, with my race that's coming up, by the way, in Mendocino Coast 50K, April 22nd. That thing's around the freaking corner. If you guys want to volunteer for that and you're in the area, come up because that'd be fun. Um and it is actually fun. I swear, even to volunteer. I had volunteers thanking me after last. Thank you. So I'm like, you volunteered for my, but you're thanking. Okay, good, good win. We're talking about a win-win there. But Bree's doing a little work for me. And so I, I'm putting her through the uh, the Wim Hof thing. And she's all, ah, I'm just taking a long time with it. I go, yeah, it took 15 weeks to do a 10-week program. Don't You don't got to tell me about uh, taking long to do something. Went on a really nice run with her and, and Sid this morning, a little eight-miler. Not little eight-miler. I'm actually like, I got to toot my own horn. Um, a little bit, but I, I guess I, I just, it's kind of cool that as minimally as I am running and all the only other run I did this week was a three miler. So just ran two times, but can pull off the eight miler and like, it's nothing. I mean, we're just chatting away. We're having fun. We're joking around. We pull off an eight miler and I get back in my car and it's as if I didn't run at all. So I'm very happy with the sort of the baseline uh, that I've got going. I don't know if that's going to go away if I don't ramp things up very soon, but right now I don't, it's not on my radar. I just can't, I'm not going to ramp stuff up right now. I don't, I mean, I could, but again, there's the like, then what else is going to give? And I've been doing my best writing in the mornings. Uh, just I'm fresher, my brain works better. And so that's the deal. And I get home from work and I'm with my kids and wife and, and just want to do that thing too. And then I'll write a little bit at night, but it's clearly the morning is the best. So sort of running got put on the back burner in that way. However, so I finished the, with the Wim Hof thing and I, I told you guys I'm doing cold showers. I have not literally not missed a single day since I started the program in July. So there is however many I said, I'm breathing every day. I do a few and sometimes a ton of those rounds of breathing exercises. Um, so that's been working extremely well. I think that is playing into how well I'm running because I'm maintaining that. My weight is right in the pocket. I have not gained any any weight, even though I'm exercising like one to two days a week maximum, whereas before I was working out, you know, four to five days a week. Uh, so figure that out. Is it really about exercise or is it about food? Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yes is the answer. It, yes to both of those scenarios. Um, so it's been kind of a nice little trifecta of uh, keeping myself maintained. Things are okay. I'm sleeping a lot better. Ever since doing the cold shower breathing thing, I've been sleeping a lot better. That's definitely helping in terms of the work that I'm doing with regard to the book. 
Um, why am I having a decent week in the book? Well, because we finally settled on a title. You'd think that I've been working on this book and, and signed the deal like three, well, almost three months ago, just figured out the title. Is that a bad sign? Mm. Mm. I want to make sure I, here's two things. The title has got to represent the book and not in a boring way. I like, I just, it's super, I like, I just, you know, I'm odd. I'm not an, I'm not a normal I'm not a normal person. And that's great. I wish that I were normal. I don't wish that I were normal. I'm happy that I'm not normal. And anybody listening to this podcast, sorry, you're not normal. If you listen to this podcast more than one time, you just made yourself abnormal. Just not because nobody in their right mind would listen to this podcast. It's just the ideas here aren't conventional. I'll put it that way. And and this approach is not conventional. It's not, you don't go to the to the market and to the bookstore and see all things about small steps and philosophy and thinking about things. You see, you know, this protein shake and this 21 day thing and these pills that that detoxify you in seven days. That's what you see. This is, if you listen to this more than one, if you listen to this once and go, eh, this is stupid. I want to go on a diet. That's normal. That's, you should do that. Go, go do that. But if you listen to this more than once, you're a nutty, hence the, I'm wearing a nutty nut t-shirt right now. Nutty nut. That's what this is. And that's the best, I love the best thing ever. Right? Best thing ever. Um, But that's what, that's what that is. So it's, it's, it's about that when when it comes to you know titling a book that I'm writing about healthy families. I don't want it to be like explore vitamin C with your children. Like just I you know fall asleep before I finish reading the title. Like it's got to be that thing. So it takes a little crafting. The other thing that I really focus on is the design of the book. Like it or not, approaching the natural you know was a design. Most book covers just make me just. The, the saliva just dries my mouth out. It's just so, the, the, the design is so dry, it dries my mouth out. So I got to make sure that I feel good about, about the design too. So those things take time. This is attention to detail uh, that I don't want to go overboard on. Um, but, but at the same time, it's what it is. I remember back in the day when I was, you know, recording albums and stuff, there was definitely a period of mixing an album where you're in the studio and you're mixing and you're changing and then you go and listen to it in your car and you listen to it in your house, you come back and you make more changes. And there is a, a an absolute point that you cannot define or you can't put a, there's no equation about it. Like it, it doesn't happen here. It's just at some point, there's a point at which if you keep mixing after that, it just goes downhill. You just, you, there's a point where you got to just, if you feel it, let it go. You might hate it five years from now, but by gum, you got to move on, otherwise you'll never do anything ever again. And so part of the process of creation and and creating even ourselves, right, is just getting to this point where we can tool and, and micromanage our diet and exercise, and we can get so about the minutia that we just never progress. We never like evolve. And that's what that's what this is. And the, the process of letting things go, I've done, I think I did an entire episode about letting things go. It's just letting the old self go let you know at that that process of what that's like to get to who you truly are is a process of saying uh we're done here like i can't do anything more with this with this and 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 with the tweaking and the this and the learning and the i gotta i gotta like do this thing and, and sort of move on to the next phase of my life i've got this dialed in and sometimes that means in one area like I've got food, this is me now speaking personally, like I've got food diet, I could change my diet in a year, I don't know, but right now I'm not looking to, I've got it dialed in such that I got, I can put my attention elsewhere, I can't 
evolve as an entire human being if I'm just constantly in the food realm and tweaking and changing and reading books about about me in my practice in my job, of course. But but for me personally or for my family, like just the tweaking, it's just not necessary. We, what we we have works, and it's fine. Um, I will say that you know there are times. I can look back at times like in 1992 when when my asthma uh, went away after I changed my diet. Um, and I don't care if there's a medical study to show that dairy, well, first of all, I didn't choose that just randomly. I read a book called Fit for Life and it, and it, and it recommended that and I tried it and my, my asthma went away. That's what happened. Okay, I can show you the prescriptions and my pictures of my old college apartment where my inhaler is. But I don't have an inhaler. I haven't had one for 24 years. So, so part of the, the message that I bring to you every week, which is when you're engaged in your life enough, you'll know when it's time to change. Or you'll know that when presented with new information that you'll bite. You'll actually take a bite. And for some reason, probably because I had just graduated from college and I was in this kind of vulnerable, weird place. I was a philosophy major, so literally had no practical training whatsoever to do anything at all related to an income. So I was working at you know a, a minimum, basically minimum wage job on UCLA campus. And playing music, and that was my thing. And I was in this kind of like, well, I don't, uh, you know, just weird place. At this point, I pick up my book, not my book, this book, Fit for Life. And for whatever reason, that was the opening, and I was ready to bite. And I bit because I was sick of having asthma, and I was a singer, songwriter, but I don't like, you know, just the whole singing asthma thing. No, they don't mix. They don't mix. So for whatever reason, the con, the, the, the entirety of my life at that moment in time was right for me to make a change that little did I know back then would lead me to then start reading nutrition book after nutrition book, which would then lead me to many, many years later going back to school and getting my certification as a nutritionist. Amazing. But in the moment, I wasn't thinking ahead, like maybe this could turn into a career 20 years later. It was like, no, let me see if this thing today can help me feel better in my body today, it, you know, like it was, it was in that moment in time. My brain was not in me twenty years from now. My brain was in my next gig, at 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 the freaking coffee house on Highland. And and so how do I how do I how do I impart to you and to continue for me? By the way, um. Ideas and, 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 and steps and approaches such that you are more often than not in a place of openness or recept, you're receptive enough that when presented with new information, it, that, that maybe that's applicable to you. I often get, I don't hide this fact, but I don't really talk about it too much in this podcast, but I'm plant-based. I think you all guys know all know that. I don't really talk about it. Most of my clients aren't even plant-based. It's not a thing. I'm trying to get people to think about their lives. Um, but at the same time, people go, oh, you were raised that way. I was not absolutely not raised that way. 100% not raised that way. Just at all. Not vegetarian, not plant, like nothing, just at all. Like a pretty typical, I mean, probably on the healthy side a little bit. Like we had salads at dinner, but it, it wasn't like we weren't, you know, pretty typical. Fast food, McDonald's for on weekends, you know, just the kind of fun things that we did as kids. So, so at some point, for whatever reason, possibly the way that I was raised and and who knows, and education and everything else, I was I was open to this thing when this happened. My goal is as a podcaster and 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 small steps coach is to 
is to more than help anybody lose weight, is to help somebody be engaged in their lives in, a, in an open enough way that they'll try the change in the first place. And remember, I started this episode off by saying this is about the ideas first. And I really like, I really am nervous always about having somebody jump in on changes when they're just not ready. They don't, they don't have their heads in the right space to, to make that happen. And again, when I made that dietary change in 1992, I was not in a place of like sitting in a freaking lotus position contemplating my life. It was just this kind of, it was literally like a throwaway thing. I looked at this book and I was like, yeah, I'll give this, I'll try, I'll try this. Like it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a big life decision. It was just a, for whatever reason in that place of just like, yeah, I can, yeah, okay. I mean, I didn't have, I wasn't married, didn't have kids. I, my, you know, like, I just, not that big of a deal. Riding a Harley Davidson. I was riding a Harley. I don't know how that plays into it. I just remember that, though. Sportster. 1985 Sportster, if you guys are checking. Uh, very cool bike. I had to sell it later to do one of my albums. Okay, I don't know, I don't know why that's relevant, but it is. Can you guys figure that out? Can you re be receptive enough to figure out why that's relevant to this podcast or anything to anybody ever? Got it? Okay. Mm. Mm. But that leads me to the to the next point that I wanted to make, which is about the about freedom. And I've done episodes on 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 just this concept of of freedom, because what I do see is 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 the main challenge of living the life you want to live, living life on your terms, is an acceptance of what I see as an a hundred percent fact. Not an alternative fact, not an opinion, but a fact. And that is that we as individuals are factually free from everything in our past, technically. Like, like we're, we're not, unless you're a child listening to this, in which case, just, I don't even, you're either like a savant or you're just bored. I don't know what's happening there. But if you're an adult, and and you're living your life now. You're you're not the kid that you were when you were six. You have those memories and you have those behaviors and you have potentially the wiring that that occurred during that time. But at the same time, you and by the way, this is backed up by science. Things like neuroplasticity, all those ideas of yeah, you can't grow new brain cells. You can't nothing. It's all crap. You can your brain evolves when engaged in the right way. You you create new pathways and and new brain cells and all this amazing stuff that's happening that we didn't know and we assumed was not happening and all, lo and behold, it totally is. The point that I want to make is you're not that you this is a fact. You're not that kid. You're not that the kid who was told when you were 7 or 8 that you were fat and ugly. You're not that kid. You might be ruled by that child or those ideas today, but you are technically free from that in, in, in a very, you're actually not that thing. The, the point I want to make is that's a, an amazing starting point. No matter what, what behaviors that you learned early on or beliefs about yourself that were sort of shoved in your face and how what, what part those play in your life today, and they play a part in all of our lives, mine too. But that doesn't mean that we aren't technically free from them. We're letting those bad boys in. And that just means they don't have to be there. That just means we can shove them back out if we have the tools to do so. And I believe that success in the health and happiness realm begins with the degree to which you understand that fact. 
it, I'm very touchy about belief. Like, just believe in yourself. You know, you guys, have, I've heard about that. If you've heard me talk about that, I spit on that saying I don't like it because for, per, selfishly, I don't like it. Why? Because I'll just admit my stupidity about this. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what believe in yourself means. Is it, is it mean that you believe that you can do, just believe that you can do anything? Because I don't believe I can do everything. And I don't like the idea of just believe in yourself. It, it's like a meaningless thing. I don't, I don't, I can't, I tried to wrap my head around it. And finally, I just said, I don't want to wrap my head around it anymore. I'm time, time, I got bigger, th- I got bigger fish to fry. I don't want to deal with trying to figure out what the hell believe in yourself and why some, some Hollywood actor is going to tell, tell me just, just believe in yourself as if some magical thing will happen once you figure out how to do the thing that I can't even understand in the first place. To me, belief, it comes from experience. This is the belief that I embrace. I and I'm talking about. I'm not talking about blind faith, like you know, you're raised with this some sort of you know tenets of, of religion that aren't like values, but they're but they're the parts about religion that are like the story, and you just you just go, you believe it or you don't, and and that's what that is, and and you you read about it and you haven't experienced it firsthand, but that's what it is. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. The belief you have in your own abilities, the belief you have in what you can accomplish. I don't think I can just tell you in good conscience, hey, you guys, just believe in yourself. Just because most of us don't believe in ourselves because of the very things that we were raised with, because of the, uh, not just, and I'm talking about parents, I mean, partially, but I'm also talking about the environment that we grew up in that we that we didn't get good education maybe or that we that we weren't attended to by teachers in a in a caring way or we were bullied in in elementary school or a whole host of things that that occurred we were always fat our whole lives because we we were stressed and made fun of and then we ate more and we had junk food in the house i mean all these things that happen and then zoop you're 40 years old and that's what you believe about yourself. And for me to say, you should just believe that you can do it, and then you can, is absolutely such a fraudulent stance. I can't even tell you. I would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed to say that. I think that adult belief, not blind faith, adult belief, we're adults here. I think belief in what you are able to do comes from experiencing first what you're able to do. Now, you're going to go with that circular and you're a, a, an idiot. And you're half true. Uh, you're half right about that. It's it's half circular. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just saying I'm an idiot. That, that's absolutely true. Um, but here's what, I, here's what I mean. Um, you, you, when I'll use my running as an example. By the time I showed up to my first 50K, 31-mile uh, run, I had never run anything close to 50K. Not, not, not even. I think I ran 21 miles, and the, a 50k is 31 miles, so an additional 10 miles. But I believed when I walked up to that. I didn't know, but I believed when I walked up to that starting line that I could do it. I had a belief that I could pull this off. I, I could have been wrong, but I had a belief that I could pull it off. Uh, the last 50k I just ran in December. I had a belief that I could pull off, knowing that I had undertrained on this. I still there was a part. I wouldn't have shown up if I was like I, I'm. I think I could, there's a possibility that I can do this. The point is, is that when, and this is a running thing, through the training, through the doing of less than the goal, but you're doing something every day or most days, that to me builds enough experience to infuse enough adult belief. That's what I'm talking about here, guys. Adult belief, thought-based, 
belief. What do you actually believe about yourself? If you have never eaten healthy in your life and you've never been at a healthy weight in your entire life, what kind of idiot would I be if I just said, you believe, you're, you, believe you can be thin and then you can be thin? I absolutely think that's absolute ridiculousness. I think it's absurd. You may not even be able to think that you can eat healthy. I don't think I can eat healthy. I just, I just don't know. Because you, know, have, you have no experience at all eating healthy. You don't know what that's like. Or maybe you've done it once, but you don't have any experience at all about with being a healthy eating day-to-day person. You don't have a belief. You can't, you can't fake it. But you can start behaving like somebody, not fully, but initially behaving like somebody who does that. That's the small steps. That's why I crafted this many years ago, this approach, because it's that little moment where you say, I can't do that thing 100% yet, but I can start to, 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 to feed my brain seeing the actions minimally at first, but seeing them for real starting today. I just don't, I mean, I've never exercised my whole life. I just, I've, I've just not ever exercised. Oh, I'm just doing two squats per day now. Wait, well, maybe I, that, okay, well, that just disproved that I could never exercise. Oh, I'm eating a stock of celery every day. Okay, well, that technically that disproves that I can't eat something healthy every day. I, that's weird. Like that's factually disproven now. Obviously I can eat healthy food every single day. And then the belief starts to form. And when the belief starts to form, that feeds further action. It is always about, to me, the, the, that little, I talked about just like what lights your head on fire. That's what, that's what turns me on. I, you know, I get those emails of like, it's, you know, email, you can never get like the emotion in email very well. And, and oftentimes it's like misinter- misinterpreted or whatever. But I can see like the when I get emails from from people, listeners, who are small stepping and who have just had that little spark in their brains, I can, the email, it, it might as well be read. It's so on fire because they're seeing this little glimpse of belief. They are seeing the possibility for real. It's not a conceptual possibility. It's not a blind like, I just believe I can do this. If you can pull that off, great. I just never met anybody who can. And I think it's a waste of time because then doubt comes creeping in. Maybe I can't. Maybe I can. This conversation about it. Meanwhile, small steppers are just doing it. We're just doing it. We're not doing it all the way, but we're doing it enough to just form belief. As I'm training for my 50K, I'm just forming belief. Well, if I can do 10, can I do 11? Okay, I did 11. 11 to 12. 12 to eventually 18. 18 to 20. Holy crap. More than I've ever run. Amazing. Well, not quite. I had done marathons, but like in the training, but never done 31. Certainly not on trails ever, not even close. And here I am showing up to the starting line with not 100% confidence, but definitely a real earned belief in my ability. Again, could be wrong. Could have been wrong. Could have been massively wrong. Could have just failed. It could have died. I mean, I don't know. But I certainly had a basis of possibility in my head. That, that to me is what the small steps does is it's a training plan on the way. And it's a, it's a training plan that builds what I call the arsenal of experience. It builds up that experience to the point each time where you, as you get too comfortable with what you're able to do, the belief in that possibility becomes real for you and that sets the stage for the next 
challenge, mini, mini challenge, next little ditty that gets you to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the 50K or what, you know, whatever that is for you. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's, it's just, that's an example, right? So true freedom, back to, back to, again, back to the beginning of this, true freedom is, is, exists in, in, in this acceptance that first, before you do anything, that you're technically are not that person. You are different. You might be ruled by that thing, but you're not that. If you look in the mirror, you're not that kid anymore. That, that's just a fact. You can't argue me on that. If you're just letting that, that kid and those things you learned early on and the fears you had and the insecurities dictate your life day to day, well, join the freaking club because it's happening to most of us. But that doesn't mean it's, it's part of you that can't be removed. It just means accept it first and look at that and say, that's what's happening. Okay, but I can also dump it in the trash. It's just going to take time. It's just, you know, after 45 years of doing this, I can't just believe myself out of doing this tomorrow. But I can certainly, in spite of all those things that are ruling my life, I can certainly start to make action today via small steps that starts to form a belief that is other than what I've had up till now. That's also a fact. Dig? You got it? You got it? Okay. This coffee was pretty good. Um, did I tell you when you brew a single cup, it puts the hot water in with the grounds and sits there for like three minutes before it lets it go into the cup? I mean, are you kidding? That's why I'm bringing it to freaking Soda Springs because that it, that it there's not a Mr. Coffee in the world that can pull that off. Somebody's going to email me. Actually, I have a Mr. Coffee. It's a $4,000 machine and it also waxes my car. Um, okay, well, I'm going to start to address a, f- a few things. Uh, and the first thing I'm going to address is going to then lead me to the absolute, you know, the kind of the subject of this week's podcast. But I hear a lot, and, and maybe this is because I taught a few times this week, but the whole, I want to take on the whole, it's expensive to eat healthier thing. And I know that in the beginning, I said, I don't talk about food too much. And, and this is not a nutrition question. This is just like a, my take on the expensive to eat healthier thing. Um, in the health food realm, I think there's a, a defensiveness about this, and I think that we and I, I'm definitely you know have have found myself doing this sometimes where where um uh you know I'll I'll try to like go no it's not if you get quinoa that's two dollars a pound and if you get this conventional and not that but if you just like do this thing then you can and if you figure in you know Tylenol and and doctors visits and and the bigger picture of deodorants and all the stuff you need when you don't eat healthy, then it's not actually that more, much more, it's actually not that more expensive, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not really how I look at it, really. I mean, that's true. Like if you think of like the whole quality of your life, it's, it's to me, it's trade-off. It's kind of like, they, it's like, it's like, ta- I always love taxes. Like they, people cut taxes, but then they raise sales tax. Like they get it however they want. It's just, let's just tax it and just, I'll just pay you the damn taxes. Don't like cut me here and then put property tax up because you just get the money no matter what. So let's just stop talking about that kind of ridiculousness. Um, and that was definitely a very, very good uh, analogy. Sa- a sound analogy. What is Sid? Did he, is he got, is he, I'm, you guys, I'm running for president. Did I not tell you that? Yes. I start starting today. Because I have time for that. Um, but anyway, so back to the expensive to be healthier thing. Um, I, I, I th- Here's my take on it. I'm just going to be very straight up as I always am. I want you to focus on what makes food valuable. Because 
the thing about somebody saying it's more expensive to eat healthier is is they're looking probably or not really consciously, but probably just generally looking at calories. In other words, you can buy a Swanson's TV dinner that has 500 calories, let's say, and it's going to be cheaper than buying 500 calories of cucumber. And that's a fact. I have spent over $2 on a cucumber and there's Swanson TV dinners that are 500 calories that are like three bucks. I mean, if I bought, I'd have to buy like five, I'd spend $10 in cucumbers to get the same what you get in the Swanson TV dinner. And yet, I don't think calories are the defining factor of what makes food valuable. So, so for me, when somebody goes, it's just really expensive to eat healthier, to me, it's like saying some, it's like somebody saying, God, I mean, it's so much more expensive to buy a Ferrari than it is to buy a Ford Focus. And it's like, yeah. And the thing is, is it doesn't seem fair if you're only looking at a car as a, a, a piece of metal with four wheels. Then yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of like, why would you spend that much more on a Ferrari than a Ford Focus? Because both have four wheels and both have a body. But if you look at the stuff that makes a Ferrari valuable, the engineering, the engine, the interior, then you it's not you you're comparing apples to oranges. It's not a it's not a one-to-one comparison. The Ferrari isn't more expensive in a sense. It's just it has more stuff and that stuff costs money. If the Ford Focus had that much stuff, it would also be expensive. You're not looking, when it comes to food, the things that are the defining factor of the health of food, namely the micronutrients, the vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, fiber, and water, don't exist in a Swanson's TV dinner on any, in any substantial way. So is a cucumber more expensive? Yeah, like a Ferrari is more expensive. You get more for your money. I mean, I guess it's more expensive, but you're getting more. So it's kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't quite make sense. It's, it's not like if a Ford Focus is sold at a dealer on this corner and a Ford Focus is sold on a dealer on that corner and they're exactly the same price and one dealer charges 50% more, then I would go like, that's ridiculous. That guy is charging 50% more than that girl over there for the same exact car. That's ridiculous and that's unfair. But if the person on the corner is selling a Ferrari, you're getting more for your money in theory. Likewise with healthy food, it's, it's, it's more expensive because you're getting more. You get more. If you're looking at calories, it's more expensive. And you go, ah, it's calories. But I don't look at calories because everything has calories. And we're not calorically deficient in the, in, in the United States at least. And probably most people listening to this podcast are not starving to death. And so, so to me, to look at it and complain that healthy food is, is more expensive is you're missing the value of what healthy food delivers and it should cost more because man, you're getting a lot more. Don't try to cheat. Don't try to get it on the cheap. It's expensive because it's valuable. It's expensive because what it delivers to you is health and happiness that the other stuff, while cheaper in the price tag, doesn't. To me, instead of me getting defensive and trying to justify because of the price of beans and rice that somehow eating healthier isn't as expensive is a waste of breath for me. I go, you're damn right it's more expensive because you look at the payoff. You buy a nice car, you got that car forever. You buy a, a crappy car for cheaper, it breaks down and you end up spending money in other ways to fix it and maintain all that kind of crap. So you know, go one way or the other, but don't get mad that it's more expensive to buy a, a, a much better designed car. That doesn't make any sense to me. Don't complain that higher quality food costs more money because it's higher freaking quality. That's the whole point. To me, as a coach, I say, 
that's number one for you because that's about how you treat yourself. That's about self-care. That's about longevity. That's about you being around for your children, for your friends. That's about you being able to travel and do the things you love. That's about you being able to sleep well. That's about you being able to fight infection. That's about you being in a better mood. So the number one cost that anybody should have in their lives should be food. The number one priority, I'll put it that way, should be food. The number one thing should be, in my opinion, should be food. Start there and then budget everything else under that because everything else falls away if you're sick. Everything else doesn't make a bit of difference to you in terms of a travel budget. If you're, you know, if you're aches and pains and can't get out of a, uh, a chair and, and are sick and you're going to the doctor all the time, start with the food. You're damn right it's more expensive because that's, what it, that's the cost of taking care of yourself. That's what that is. And that's my number one expense in my family is probably, I mean, by far, maybe the house is, is more expensive, but like day-to-day, the living of my life, entertainment, uh, travel, cars, all the, that is lower, food is above that. And it's definitely a priority for me. Like I will toss anything else out the door before I, before I skimp on food. Just period. And I know that I could eat a lot cheaper. I know that we could buy conventional produce and we could just not get as many, you know, whatever treaty kind of things that we get. For sure, we could cut our things down. But the thing is, is our most of the time is healthy enough where I'm digging it. Right now, we're affording it. If I have to make a change, I'll make a change. But I ain't going to give up healthy eating. I ain't going to give up healthy eating, you guys. That's number one. Don't complain that it's more expensive. Figure out a way to afford it. Got it? There's your poster. Okay, there's your there's your freaking poster, two little chickadees cuddling in a in a in a little pile of hay. And underneath, don't don't bitch about how expensive food is. Figure out a made a, a way to afford it. Sid Garza Hillman. Okay? I'm I'm I will start a poster line at some point. It's gonna work. It's gonna talk about I mean, if you have a, an office where you guys are having trouble motivating, just use my ideas for posters. That's gonna get everybody just hyper and, and in an awesome way. Um, okay. <clears throat> This actually leads me to the to, to the uh, subject of this week's po- podcast, which is I don't want to talk about it. Uh, the alternative title I almost used was "Leave Me the Hell Alone." Was that was it? Do you think that's more catchy? You know, it's all about titles in YouTube. You're supposed to do clickbait. You know, you're supposed to title thing. No matter what the content is, just just if you title it well, you'll get all the all the uh, all the all the amazing views. Um, don't forget about the content. Ah, because that, that takes work. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I I told a podcast listener uh, that I would address this today because um, he suggested, he said, well, here's what's going on. Have you ever talked about this? And I have talked about it at times in the past, Um, but I'm going to bring it up again. And this this is the thing, because this is coming up not just for this guy, but others too. When we make our changes and when we start to eat, he he specifically was relating it to like, for him, becoming plant-based. And for a lot of people... This happens because food is such the massive. That's why I try to like devalue food for everybody and just be like, can you not think? Let's not think about food so much because it it is such a massive thing and it's so easy to sort of tip over the hill of that. Just like now I'm thinking about food and nothing else in my life. Um, but when we try to make a change in our lives and even in food and even try to devalue it, like we make the change, we understand the science on it, we got it, we feel good about it, so we just want to dial it in so we can do all the other stuff. Oftentimes, we're just brought back to the subject of food against our will, against our, not against our will, but against our, our, our wishes. I'll put it that way. We, we, 
we dial in something, we're doing better, we're putting stock of celery on our plate at night, we're just great, and then just somebody without asking is going to make a comment about it, they're going to feel, I, I, I was thinking like, I don't know what it, I'm not a psychologist, so I can I don't know what that is about the human psychology that if somebody else does something for them and doesn't judge you, doesn't go, you should do this too, just is just doing it. What is it in our human psychology that feels threatened by that and makes us want to just immediately attack? I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. And in a way, I don't care, except that how it affects you guys and me and people that I work with on a private level, because I don't want them to have to, I want them focused on the task at hand, which is making their lives as kick-ass as possible. That's so much more worth it than having a conversation with a family member who's just angry because you're not eating what they're eating all of a sudden. And somehow this is a massive issue, and it should not be a massive issue. I don't, it should not be a massive issue, but okay, for now, let's play with the reality that it is for some people, and that when you are trying to change your life for the better, it's going to make people's worlds crumble, and they're going to be on attack, and they're going to be defensive, and they're going to feel judged, even though you're not freaking judging, okay? All right. What's the answer? I don't have an answer. Thank you guys for joining me. Um, <clears throat> I have a few solutions, My and I'll, I'll go in order of ideal. My ideal solution is that over time, via small stepping, you get to the point of confidence and self-esteem, which, by the way, is part and parcel to the small steps approach, to my small steps approach. It, it, it builds, and I, talk, I talked about it earlier, it's that belief in what you can do via the action that builds self-esteem and self-confidence. I was a much more confident runner showing up to that 50K, not because I had to convince myself by some self-help book, but because I proved to myself over time that I can actually pull this off and had a pretty good idea that I could do even more. Dig? Okay. So the ideal for me is that you guys small step action that you <laughs> maybe along the way deal with the crap and you lose a few arguments and you feel all stressed about it, but, but along the way you're acting and you feel good and you're getting more confident, more self-esteem such that when confronted with some nutty nut nut and not in a good nutty nut nut, I think you guys know the difference between good nutty nut nut and not good nutty nut nut, right? Okay, good. Um, that you're strong enough and you're confident enough to take it head on. That you can just be like, look, what I'm doing is for me and I feel good about it. I've read about it. I've learned about it. It works for me. This has nothing to do with you at all. So don't worry about it. I'm not judging you. Do your deal. Eat your, and I'm not talking, this could be a spouse. I'm not kidding. If you, I can tell you that I've worked with people that have had interactions like this with spouses, okay? So just, just what it is. But it could also be just some random freaking crazy at a party. It's unbelievable what I've seen and seen personally. Um, just threatened. Am I threatening you because I have food on my plate that doesn't look exactly like the food on your plate? Is that somehow, am I also pointing a gun at you also with my one hand while holding the plate on the other hand? That's not even possible because how would I be holding my scotch? I mean, really, that you're strong enough to just, just look them in the eye and say, this ain't about you, friend, ain't about you. Now, let's go back and listen to the Bee Gees and get, and get, and get our groove on. That's ideal, okay? Second, second ideal would just be not to talk about it, to just kind of like, <laughs> and just and just move and, and just move on. That may be necessary. That may be necessary. 
Um, you and 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 while I love and I, and I advocate honesty and 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 being forthright. If you have to get out of a conversation by saying, "Ah, it's just something I'm trying. I'm probably not gonna. I'm probably not gonna keep on it for a while, or or for much longer. I'm just trying it out to get out of a nutty nut nut conversation." Then I say, "Yay!" I say, "Go for it," because the thing is, you're not gonna change their minds. They're not gonna change your minds. So what else? Whatever gets you away from a conversation that you don't want to be in, I'm all for it. I don't care. I to me, I really don't. I know it's dishonest to say you're just trying it out and that you probably you may not last with it, but that's kind of honest. You may not. I don't know. However it makes sense to you. To me, get it out get out of there. Just steer the conversation in a very different way. The big point I want to make here is that the small steps process is so internal that every minute that you spend distracted via somebody talking to you about what you're doing, even though you didn't ask them their freaking, it's not like you go up to somebody at a party and go, what do you think about what I'm doing? I would love to hear your perspective. That's not, never, ever what happens, ever. And I don't ever talk about, I never bring on, a, on, on principle, I've talked about this before, I don't bring up food. I never, I, it's, it's my job, first of all, it's my job. So if I'm at a party, I don't wanna talk about my work, I wanna have a break. But I will tell you, inevitably, the conversation of, of food comes up because people are threatened and they, and so like deep down, they know maybe that it's not who they are, right? The work of a small stepper is to initially, before you take your first step at all, is to find out who you truly are. Well, I, I believe that we know that. I, I've said it before. I believe that deep down, we know who we truly are. We know that already. And in the day-to-day routines and, and, and habits and responsibilities and obligations, we don't think about that. So we, we, we don't have time or we say we don't have time or we certainly don't consider when we are distracted by social media and by the news and by our work and our carpools and everything else. We, we kind of just, the who we are of, of the equation gets put on the back burner and we just do the things of life. I've talked about it, right? And I've talked about even two weeks ago with the extra credit like, how massive to take on something on top of that. We don't think about that, but except to say when somebody who we rely on as being a certain way, and we know that person and this is what they do, and all of a sudden they do something different, that's enough of a of a of a chink in the armor, enough of a of a crinkle in the time space continuum. Hello, maybe I am a genius because I just said time space continuum. There's enough of a disruption. That that maybe they're a little that that who they are comes out and they realize that they're living in conflict with who they truly are. Maybe the way they're eating isn't making them happy. They knew it before, but they really really reckon, they weren't really acknowledging it. And what you're doing is making them acknowledging it, uh, acknowledge it a little bit better. And again, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, and this is totally like psychoanalysis that I have no interest in. I don't know. Here's my interest: that you guys can stay focused. And that you guys are strong enough, because you already are, but realize in belief from doing that you are strong enough to continue on the path that you know is right for yourself. This has zero, absolutely zero to do with a plant-based diet. I want to be clear about this. This is you living your life on your terms, whatever that means for you. That you have enough, that you acknowledge that you have enough strength and focus to continue in spite of this kind of craziness that happens to almost every single person that I've ever met that is trying to turn their lives around or to change their lives in a better way or to become more realistic, more factually, who they truly are. Somehow that's a threat to other people. I don't know why that is. Don't know, don't care. I don't think you guys should know or care either, but we do don't we? We feel it and we feel like we got to get defensive about it. We feel like we have to justify what we're doing. We feel like we have to to present 
Oh, and that's, by the way, that's the third, that's the, probably the second most ideal thing is that you have so much documentation and research at your disposal in your brain that you can defend yourself on them on that level too. And that, and that's, it's less ideal than you just saying, this isn't about me, this is about you. So, so that's first. Second is you have enough research that you can just be like, look, I learned all this and here's the facts about this. By the way, you're not gonna change their mind, just FYI, but at least you can kind of like lay it down more than they, they can. Okay, that's second ideal. Third ideal is just sort of fudge your way out of the conversation because it's just a nightmare unless you enjoy that, unless you enjoy getting into it. Some people do, I, I don't. It's just because, you know, I've talked about the research thing before of, you know, that they may have 10 studies that say that cheese is good for asthma. You know, that they those things exist out there. And then it's like, well, yeah, but yours is sponsored by this and that's sponsored by this. And you're just you're just brainwashing. Ugh, I mean, it's exa- to me, it's like, yeah, you can keep talking. I'm going to go run a 50K at 48 years old. OK, so can we just I don't want to talk about diet anymore. If I can't do the things that I'm that I want to do in my life, then then I'll look for another diet that allows me to do that. Right now, it's a working. And right now, I don't fuck I don't I don't freaking want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Do I sometimes talk about it? Of course. And I'm not talking about my classes. I love talking about it with people who are there to see me speak in New York and Marshall, Texas. I'm talking about at a party on a this sit as a person level somebody who doesn't know what I do for a living and they just kind of that that this is what I'm talking about. I don't want to talk about this anymore personally. I want to talk about other cool stuff or if they're curious and they say, "Well, what are you doing? I want to hear more about that." Fantastic. But if I'm going to get the just the thing in the face of the of the you're an idiot for doing this because you because that person feels like an idiot because of what I'm doing, I have no it just it's just it absolutely uh, have no interest. Have no interest. So I don't. You know, the solution is, of course, is is easier said than done, which is just to keep small stepping, keep doing what you're doing, because as you do, you get stronger, and as you get stronger, you get more immune. You get more immune to that kind. Of, you have, by the way, you get a stronger immune system, less stress, boom. But you also get immune to to that kind of irrationality because it is irrational. You really aren't doing anything to somebody. And if you're walking around small stepping and judging everybody, then you have it coming anyway. So, so you know, cross that bridge too. But if you're just doing your deal and showing up to work and not talking about the diet you're on, but just making these little unnoticeable steps in your life, more power to you, literally more power to you because it's going to come. It's coming. The power is coming. You may have to have a little hiccups and weird conversations along the way, but the payoff's there, you guys. The payoff is there like nobody's business, like no diet or a quick fix will ever deliver you, and it'll apply to every part of your life. That's how I started this podcast. It'll, it'll, it'll apply to virtually every part of your life. Anything you want to take on, you can start acting on it now. That is amazing. That is incredible, okay? If, if somebody is bothered by that, it's because they probably wish they could be making these changes and they may not have the tools that you have, which is to start small. And, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Tell them to listen to my podcast. Okay, tell them to give me a freaking rating on, on, uh, on, 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 I don't know. God, exhausting. Marketing is exa- it's exhausting. Um, I am working on my book and I'm having a good time. It's supposed to come out in September. I will keep you guys posted on that. It's way too early. Like, I don't want to jump the gun on that. I got so much to write still. It's a little stressful. Uh, Not a little stressful, a lot stressful. And so I'm just trying to battle that out. But um, having this podcast 
to come to to talk to you guys every week is definitely a help. The videos, while I wish I were doing more because they're so fun, uh, but I got to prioritize and one a week and I'm, I'm making them longer as you guys notice. Like I'm including more stuff. So it's sort of like one longer one instead of two shorter ones. And I actually like, it's more like three shorter ones, the, the, the amount of length that I've been doing the last couple of times. So I hope you're having fun with those. I am. And please spread the word about that. Like tell people to subscribe. Okay. That would be huge. All right. All right, you guys, I am leaving tomorrow. <clears throat> I will be back, of course, and next week I'll be laying this down once again, the Approach to Natural podcast. Thanks, everybody, sincere to, to everybody um, for listening, for subscribing to this podcast on iTunes, for supporting me in any way that you can or want to, and which could just mean listening to this, and super cool. And if you see me at these VegFests, please come say hi, because that's the thing. I, emails are great, but man, there's nothing like meeting people in person, right? All right, you guys, take care of yourselves this week. Uh, I'm gonna, here's your big task. Uh, five minutes of pure fun. Five minutes of pure fun. In addition to whatever fun you're having, five more minutes on me. This is, this is tell your family, this is Sid fun. And they'll be like, well, that's, I don't like that idea. And they'll just attack you. And then just, just cry. I'll be back next week, you guys. All right. In the meantime, be well. Shut us open to dark But just sit at the Light again Here I am Waiting Waiting You explain me I had to suffer there painful analogy and now I wonder if I'll ever be free. Time was a waste But you said you'd take my Discontent away And undress it for another day
might have to leave Later described as sheepishly But I was leaving, I was through with talking Finally Thank you.